Oh, Lord, we thank you for your spirit that we feel in this house. Lord, that even though this world is in rough seas, it's in tumultuous times, God, we thank you that we have peace and it's found in you. We have hope and it's found in you. We have joy and it's found in you and that through it all, God, it is well with our souls. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Thank you, worship team, for leading us this evening. If you will, turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 57. I really want to deposit something into your life this evening. The Lord will allow me. I've been going over this message for a while now. And I feel I was going to preach it before Christmas, but... I believe it's, it's still appropriate to preach right now. And I want to speak not only to the young people, but to everybody in the house tonight. Because there's a role for all of us to play in what God is doing in the times that we're living in. Luke chapter 1, verse 57. It says, Now Elizabeth full time came, and she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son... And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they came and said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called because Zacharias had been told that John was going to be conceived by his wife Elizabeth and did not believe the angel of the Lord shut his mouth until this time that we're about to read about. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was open immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt around about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. If you will, let us pray one more time. God, we come before you. We thank you for its word. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We thank you for its power. We thank you that your word is alive. And God, I ask that your spirit would be in this place and that I would decrease and that you would increase and that I would not preach with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church says, Amen. We just came off the heels of probably the most popular holiday in our nation, if not worldwide, known as Christmas. And Christmas is a special time where we come to celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Lord. Him coming to earth 
for us. It's a, it's a great time. It's a great season. It's a great uh, time for us not only to get together with family and exchange gifts, but to be thankful for the gift of Jesus, the ultimate gift. But Jesus' birth was a special birth, not only excuse me, to all the world, but it was a special birth because Jesus' birth split time. Before, uh, before Jesus' birth, every, all, all recorded history is referred to as before Christ or B.C. But after Jesus' birth, uh, there comes this, this new phrase that we call A.D. or Anno Domini, which means in the year of the Lord. Jesus' birth split time. It was it was. It was just an an amazing event. I know many people think that A.D. means uh, after death. Many people think that that, that's how it is. But Jesus was actually crucified in 35 A.D. The year that the Lord came is where time was split. It's It's a special thing, not only to us as believers, but it's a special thing to time. And we find ourselves in a special time Today, we find ourselves in a a unique situation where we know the Lord is coming back and there's just turmoil all across the globe. There's a global pandemic, there's political unrest, there's economic failure and decline. There's many things going on and we know that Jesus is coming back, that there is going to be another year of the Lord, so to speak, when He comes down and He takes His church home to be with Him. It's going to be a great day, it's going to be an awesome day, but I want you to realize that the birth we're talking about today in our text wasn't the birth of a Savior, it was the birth of a prophet. That this birth was not uh, an Anno Domini birth, it was not a birth that split time, it was just a before Christ birth. There was millions of people born before Christ came to this earth. There was nothing really special other than that his parents were not supposed to have children. His parents were, were barren. Elizabeth was barren for many years. They were up and upwards in age. And that, that, was, that was special that God gave them a child. But really, on man's calendar, there was no dividing of time. There was nothing special about John's birth. He came, he was circumcised on the eighth day, and he was named John by his family. Such a normal name. Such a simple name that we think of. It was just a before Christ birth. And I want to preach to you on this title tonight, Before Christ. Before Christ. It it, it was a birth that was just of an ordinary person, it seemed, It was not the birth of a Messiah. It was the birth of a forerunner. It was the birth of a forerunner. What's a forerunner? A person that precedes the coming or development of someone else. Or a sign of something to come. It's a sign of something to come. You may be asking tonight, why is this important? It's because I believe that we are about to step into an anno domini, a, a year of the Lord. 
I believe that we are about to step into a very special time. But before A.D., there is a before Christ moment that we find ourselves in. Because God always likes to use a, a forerunner before He brings about deliverance, before He brings about renewal, before He brings about restoration, before He brings about deliverance, before He brings about healing. You say, is, is this scriptural? Absolutely. Absolutely. Before there was a refuge in Joseph in Egypt, there was an Abraham, there was an Isaac, and there was a Jacob. Before there was a leader like Joshua that went in and, and like a, a conquistador, if you will, like a man possessed, if you will, by God to go and proclaim and, and to take the promises that God has given His people. Before there was a leader like Joshua, there was a leader like Moses. Before there were kings... There were judges. Before that, before David was killing giants and delivering his people, there was a Samuel, there was a prophet that had the anointing to place upon his life. Before there were Elishas that were doing signs and wonders, there was a prophetic mantle from Elijah. God likes to use a forerunner because we find out that John has a purpose to go before the Lord, before, to go before Christ and make his path straight, to prepare the way of the Lord, to introduce the people to what is coming. And I want you to know I believe wholeheartedly in my spirit tonight that there is something that is upon us and coming upon the church that will alter everything. You say, well, it's crazy out there. It's crazy on the news. What better time to have revival than right now? What better time for the church of the living God to get on their knees and grab hold of heaven and pull heaven down to earth? What better time is it for thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What better time than for the people of God to use the keys of the kingdom that God has given us? We are in a before Christ moment. The AD is coming. The year of the Lord is coming. Revival is coming. It's all in the works right now. But we are the forerunners. We are the ones preparing the way. Making his path straight so he can come. We're in a before Christ moment. Many people say why, why do we keep hearing about this move of God? When will it happen? We've heard about it. We've heard about revival for so long. I want you to just to put this into perspective. I've heard about revival my entire life. Many of you have probably heard about revival your entire life. Many of you maybe you haven't heard about it in your entire life but your entire walk with the Lord you've heard about revival and that it's coming and, and something better is coming that God is going to move excuse me, in a better way. And, and God is going to pour out His Spirit on people. We hear about it all the time. But I want you to understand something. And, and this is going to sound really bad at first, but it, it, it's not. Before Zacharias heard the word of the Lord while he was in the temple, and before the, the, the angel Gabriel appeared before Mary, there was 400 years between Malachi and the New Testament. There were 400 years where no one seemingly heard from the Lord. 400 years of religion. Not relationship, not power, 
not authority, but 400 years of religion. It was what, what many scholars will, will say, it was a spiritual dark age. It seemed as if God was talking to no one. 400 years. You see, a forerunner, a forerunner will always be foretold about. You say, what does this have to do with anything? Because I want you to realize the time and the season that you find yourself in, you are not here by mistake. You are not here by accident. Why wasn't I born then? Why wasn't I born then? Why wasn't I born then? You were born now for such a time as this. You were foretold about. You are the sons and daughters. You are the kings and priests. You are the ones that the, prophet, uh, the prophets of God are going to come to when we're in glory and say, were you in that generation? Were you the people of God? Did you see the clouds open? Were you part? Did you see what I prophesied about thousands of years ago? Do you realize that we are in a special moment? And it's been foretold of. And John the Baptist was foretold of. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, it says, The voice of him crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh shall see it together together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it hath spoken it this was prophesied through Isaiah 700 years before the forerunner 700 years and the church today we're holding on to prophecies that are thousands of years old but we're in the time we're in the season we're in a special place the calendar, it, it, it's just perfect. I, I, I was talking to some young men last week through, throughout the week, and, and, and all of them were saying the same thing. It, it was like as God has set us up for 2021 to have a revival, it's like there's no other choice. There's no other answer. Listen, nobody else is going to unify America. Nobody. The, the politics have divided us. I don't know why people in the church continue to look to Washington and Capitol Hill for your help. Because my Bible tells me that's not where my help comes from. He says, look unto the hills which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Politics will do nothing but divide us. Listen, without God in the equation, there is no healing. There is no restoration. There is no renewal. There is no revival. It's time for the church to realize what time it is and say, this is going to be a year of the Lord. I'm going to go before him with fasting and with prayer and I'm going to get a hold of the horns of the altar and I'm not going to let go until I see the blessings of God. Amen. It's been foretold. It's been foretold. And you say, well, I feel so dry right now. I feel so 
helpless right now. I, I want you to understand that the Bible tells us uh, at the beginning of Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 6, uh, that and it's talking about Zacharias here and his wife Elizabeth, that they were both righteous before God. They were good people. They were walking in all the commandments and ordinance of, of the Lord, blameless. Uh, and they had no child because Elizabeth uh, was barren and they were both now well stricken in years. Uh, listen, we've heard about the move of God for years uh, and many of you say I'm sitting in this house and I feel dry and I feel barren let me tell you that we are in a season where we're not going to have to wait 700 years we're not going to have to wait 400 years but I believe I believe listen they had to wait nine months because they were barren and then God produced fruit out of their barrenness and nine months later it came to fruition I believe that we are on a time clock that heaven is speeding up and he's beginning to move and he's saying this is the time this is the place these are my people this is my remnant I'm going to use them listen it, it may seem barren it may seem dry it may seem like we've preached the same thing for three I may have preached the same stuff for three years but I want you to know that God is going to bear forth fruit in the wilderness that he is going to make rivers in the wilderness he is going to bring something out of all this dryness, all this destruction, all this, uh, all this stuff going on in our world, God is still working. It's a before Christ moment. There's a generation in the church, there's been a generation that feel like they have nothing to show. They have nothing to show for what they've done for God. There's, the, the Lord began to speak to me. There are people out there that believe they have given nothing to the kingdom of God. They feel like they've been barren. And he said, well, i got good news for you. And this is the Lord just speaking to me. I've got new, good news for you that feel like uh, that you're so insignificant in the kingdom. And, and parents, I want you to listen to me especially. That you feel like you have nothing to offer. Listen, they gave. They were barren, but they gave. God gave them a child and they gave their child to the Lord and God said that's your fruit that's your fruit that's what you have to give these nations up here they, I may not go to any of them I may go to one and not, not the others but listen your children may this nation right here Iran needs the gospel preached like never before they're so persecuted they're, 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 it's awful what's going on to women especially in that nation that are believers it is unreal what is done to them if they're found out to be a Christian uh, but I want you to know uh, that there are going to be some forerunners go into this nation if they're not already there and there's going to be some I believe there's some in this house uh, that are going to go to these nations uh, and be forerunners why? because now's the time now's the time we have to get out of the mindset that it's too late it's been too long they said that for uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. It's been too long. You're too old to bear any fruit. God said, no, I'm about to come in. I'm about to disrupt the normal. I'm about to break up the barrenness. Uh, and I'm about to bring something out of you. So a forerunner is always, always foretold. Forerunner is always foretold. But a forerunner is always equipped. God has a calling on each and every individual in this house. That God has a calling on your life. He told Jeremiah, 
said, while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. He tells him twice in that book. He tells him, I knew you. I knew you in your mother's womb. I knew you were a prophet to the nations. Each and every one of you have a call of God on your life. It's been foretold. But don't think that God has forsaken you in that calling. God will equip you for that call. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 that God did the same thing, the same thing for John. He was not just going to be a forerunner. It was not just foretold. But he was going to be a forerunner that had the anointing and the power of God and the Holy Spirit on his life. Luke chapter 1 and and verse 15. This is what is said to Zacharias as he's in the temple. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. It goes on in that chapter. The Bible tells us that after Gabriel had appeared unto Mary that Mary in verse 39 of Luke chapter 1 and Mary rose up in those days and went to the hill country with haste and to the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and so saluted Elizabeth and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost God does not call the equipped God equips the called. He will equip the call on your life. He will not leave you lacking. You say, I'm here tonight and I have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, just as Mary, who is carrying Jesus, came to Elizabeth, God is coming to you right now because there's a forerunner in you. There's someone inside of you that God wants to stir up. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of sound mind you say God how can I get to that place how can I get to that place I want you to know Jesus came to John and filled him with the baptism of the Holy Spirit while he was yet in his mother's womb and I tell you tonight young people especially you say I've been seeking and I've been searching for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for years now let me tell you because it's a before Christ moment it's a about to be the year of our Lord it's about to be an outpouring of God's spirit he's saying I'm going to come to you I'm going to visit you even now even in your bedroom when you're crying out and nobody else sees you and I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost I'm going to equip and enable the call of God on your life the Bible tells us that Jesus even told his disciples, his disciples were going to be the forefathers. What does forefathers mean? Forefathers mean they were forerunners. He tells the disciples who would be the forefathers of the church. He tells them in Luke chapter 24. He says, now listen, I need you to get into Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He goes on to tell them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, listen, I'm going to send the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you so that you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He tells his forerunners that I'm not going to just call you and leave you hanging. I'm going to equip the call of God on your life. 
The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 10 that when Samuel anointed Saul to be king, he goes to Saul and he tells him, and actually in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, he's telling Saul, listen, all these things, uh, you're the guy. And then he goes into chapter 10, he pours the anointing uh, oil on his head and he says, all these things are going to happen to you today. You're going to see men carrying bread and goats and, and they're going up to sacrifice in Bethel and they're going to give you some of the loaves. Uh, you're also going to find that someone's going to to tell you that they have found your father's donkeys. And then he said, what is going to happen to you? You're going to find come upon some prophets and they're going to be prophesying and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you're going to become a different person. Why? Because Saul, just, just in that moment as Samuel's telling it to him, Saul was not ready to be king but when the Spirit of God came upon him, God equipped the call of God on his life so that he could be king. God is not going to leave you hanging because God always equips his forerunners, not only foretells about them, but he equips them to do what God is calling them to do. Can you say amen? amen. Something else that always happens, and I, I, this is the biggest, the biggest point I really want to make to you tonight. So forerunners are always foretold. Forerunners are always equipped. You see, forerunners are always foretold. That's, that's, that's the prophecies that's been given to us. Forerunners are being equipped. I believe that's where we are now. We're in a stage, and, and even in this church on Sunday nights, we're equipping. That's, that's what that's all about. We're equipping. We're helping equip the called. I believe that's where we are now. Not just in this house. But as a body of Christ, I believe, especially in this nation, God is, is bringing, He's found out who His remnant is through all this mess. He's found out who the praying church is. He's found out who the set-apart church is. He's found out who the glorious church is. And He's saying, now I'm going, to, I'm going to equip the call of God on your life. It's going to be a quick work because God's about to do something. But I want you to understand this. Forerunners release the Spirit of God to the world. Forerunners release the Spirit of God to the world. You say, okay, this is what's coming. Let me tell you about it. The Bible tells us that first of all, in Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through, through 12, really, we find that the forerunner, John the Baptist, he's come out of the wilderness. It is time for him to begin his ministry. And he begins to preach. And the first thing he does is he preaches repentance. And then he calls out religion and legalism. It's the first three things he does. First thing he does is he says, come, repent, be baptized and be forgiven of your sins. And then when the Sadducees and the Pharisees come about, he says, listen, you brood of vipers. He said, the axe is at the bottom of your tree. Bear fruit. Religion has brought us nothing. Rituals have brought us nothing. Tradition has brought us nothing. But he said, now's the time. It's the year of the Lord. Now's the time. 
where God is going to bring about something greater. And he tells them, there's one that's coming after me. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, he said, that's mightier than I. I'm not even worthy to handle his shoe. He said, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So forerunners release the Spirit of God to the world. Why? Because they preach repentance. Repentance. Not I'm sorry. Repentance. I'm sorry means I got caught. I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance means I'm going to turn from the temptation and I'm not going to allow it to take hold in my life. Not I'm sorry. We've heard I'm sorry for years in the church. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But where is repentance? And I believe that God is raising up a church right now that is preaching repentance. We've got to turn. We can't go back. Pastors preach in this house. We can't go back to normal. Everybody's saying, oh, after Corona, after we get this vaccine, everything's going to go back to normal. Shame on us. Normal is not an option for the church. It's not. It's revival or nothing. I, I, I will tell this to my young people all year long. I will tell this to myself. I will tell this to my family. It's revival or nothing. I will tell this to every pastor. It's revival or nothing. There is no other option for this nation. There is no other option for your lost family. And there is no other option for Connorsville than for us to get a hold of God and have revival. There's no other option. But we see that not only do they, does, does John preach repentance, he says, listen, I'm sick of the religion, I'm sick of the, the legalism. Enough. Enough. But something crazy begins to happen at the end of Matthew chapter 3. Verse 14 says, or verse 13 really says that Jesus shows up. John the Baptist, he's been baptizing people all day long. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and he says, I'm going to be baptized by you, John. Verse 14 says, but John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest Thou to me, and you came to me? You should be, you're Jesus. You're the Savior of the world. You're the one, you're the AD. You're the year of the Lord. You're what this world is hoped for. You're the peace, your deliverance, your salvation. You're everything. You're Alpha Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're everything. He said, You want me to baptize you? Jesus said, Yes. John forbade him. And, but Jesus answering un, said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it will becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Really what that verse says is it's time for us to fulfill what's right. What's right. Then he suffered him. Or what it means is John gave in and said okay. But I want you to catch this. 
Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. A forerunner always releases the Spirit of God to all the world. This scripture, and this is what God really hammered home to me in study. Brother Larry, this was the start of Jesus' ministry. And the forerunner, when he baptized Jesus, when the forerunner acted in obedience... That's what I want to hit home. When the forerunner did what God called him to do, the heavens were opened. And the Spirit came out of the heavens and descended upon him like a dove and like lightning. And Jesus gets up from that place. He goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible tells us over in Mark chapter 1 that when he comes out of the wilderness, they're saying, what, what, what manner of doctrine is this? What anointing and what power is this? Why? Because God began to reveal to me. So often we're saying, God, pour out your spirit. God, release your spirit to us. God's saying, I will not pour out something that is already available to you. It is your job to release the Spirit of God in your family, in your home, in your prayer life, in your reading life. It is your responsibility to release God at your school, to release His Spirit at your workplace. It is your responsibility to release it to your city and to your nations. A forerunner will release the Spirit of God to the world. They'll come to the music tonight. A forerunner will release the Spirit of God to the world. Why? Because Jesus changed everything. Even John would say when Jesus showed up, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And that same Lamb of God, that spotless Lamb named Jesus, came to John and he said, you need to baptize me so we can do what's right. You need to fulfill prophecy. You need to be obedient. Young people, the Spirit of God, when He begins to move upon you, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to just hang out with you for a second. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you guys have felt it. You've sensed His presence. But I believe, I know it's Wednesday night and you probably want to go home and, and you've been starved to death because pastor's making you fast. I understand that. But you see, when I find myself in prayer, I hear the Lord saying, I'm, I'm doing something. I don't know if anybody else hears that. But I can feel him stirring. I can, I can just, there's just something different about the time we're in. And God's saying, I'm moving upon these young people. But when I move upon these young people, they better be obedient. You can't be afraid to look bad. 
can't. John came out of the wilderness and he's wearing camel's hair and eating bugs and drizzling honey on them. You say, what? God's going to call me to do? Listen, John didn't care what he looked like. All, all that was on him was the message. All that was on him was the call. God didn't say, I want you to wear a gold ephod and I want you to do this and I want you to do that. No. Because that was the religion that his father was brought up in. Listen, I'm, I'm all for, I'm, I'm not, this is much deeper than just clothing. This is, I'm ta- I believe wholeheartedly in modesty. But I'm saying when the, the Spirit of God begins to prod you, young people and adults alike, when he begins to prod you in conversation with that person at lunch, and you're like, man, that's weird. You want me to stop what we're talking about right now, and you want me to pray for them? Yeah, he does. But God, that may make, may, may make me look. It's just the call. You're a forerunner. You're a forerunner. You've been foretold. You're the sons and daughters that Joel talks about. You're the sons and daughters that Peter talks about. You are the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the peculiar people. When the Spirit of God begins to prod you, say, yeah, I'll do it. When the Spirit of God begins to ask you to text someone you haven't talked to in years and say, you know what, I'm praying for you. Or that family member, i got family members like this that absolutely hate the church. Up one side and down the other. You could present church to them any way, shape, or form, and they would hate it. They just hate the church. They've been hurt by the church. And God says, talk to them. The Spirit of God's coming upon you. See, because what you don't understand is you can release the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God's available. We're waiting. God, pour it out. God, God, release your Spirit. He said, I, 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 it's a gift. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Salvation is a gift. It's a gift. I don't have to ask for something that's already been given. I just have to receive what's been given and release what's been given. You're going to find that as you begin to release the the Word of God, release the things of God over your life and over your family and over your school and over your business, over the place where you work at, whatever it may be, you'll find that the atmosphere will begin to change and there will be a manifestation of God's power. There will be a manifestation of God's Spirit. And and, then all of a sudden, you'll be at lunch and and someone said, Man, I felt something when you prayed for me. Or or, or, or you'll be at a family get-together and they'll say, You know what? What? You, this is the first conversation I've had with a believer that just loved me right where I was. You never know what God can do, but he says, listen, when, when you release the things of God, there was a manifestation because John said, I saw the Spirit. The heavens were open. The Spirit came down. There was flashes of lightning. 
And John's obedience released that. And this is a family message because I'm like pastor, I believe God calls families. The reason we have Israel is because of a family. Zacharias was a good man. Had no fruit. Elizabeth was a good woman, had no fruit. The Spirit of God intervenes. Now they have fruit. Mary shows up. Elizabeth baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the babe leaps in her womb, leaps in her womb, and the babe receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what's crazy is. In the portions of scripture that we read, when Zacharias' mouth was opened, not only did the father, and listen, I, I told this to the fathers a few weeks ago, but the father looked at, his, at the people and he looked at his son and he said, his name is John, which means Jehovah has favored. Some people say it means Jehovah is gracious. But when you break it down, it means Jehovah has favored you. You're favored. You're favored for such a time as this. I believe that. But in, in doing so, Zacharias received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you have an entire family that has been changed by the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth, the child, now the father. An entire family is changed by the Holy Spirit. And the fruit, their son, Prepares the way for the Lord. If the Lord's flying in, He's just traffic control. He's bringing them right in. I've prepared the runway. I, I've, I've flattened everything out for you. They've heard about repentance. They've heard about what's coming. They've heard that you're baptizing them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And as you begin to release the Spirit of God, God's going to do wonders. If you'll stand with me across the house. Sorry if I bored you tonight. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that we release the Spirit of God? Because He released it to the world. Jesus was for the world. For God so loved the world that He gave. The forerunner released Him to the world, to Iran, to Russia, to Armenia, to Turkey, to America, to China, to India, to South Africa, to Guatemala. And you don't realize that, oh, I'm just, I just want God to move in my life. And you have no idea what He may be calling you to. What if he calls you, TJ? What if he calls you to go to India and release the Spirit of God? What if he calls you, Lexi, to go to South Africa and release the Spirit of God? What if he calls you, Garrett? 
What if he calls you to Guatemala to, to release the Spirit of God? What if he calls you, parent? What if he calls you to pick up everything and move to one of these nations and release the things of God? I'm okay with that. Pastor's okay with that. We love you. We absolutely love that you're here. But listen, it's about, it's about the world. It's about the kingdom of God. And we have a part to play. Young people, when you speak, when you sing, everything's going to be different if you allow God to come into your life in a very special way. You have a great opportunity. We're fasting. What a better opportunity for the Lord to just come in and change your heart, change your life. John, scholars believe that John would wade out into the river and he would begin to preach. See, what does that have to do with anything? I believe as these young men and women begin to preach, teach, sing, declare the Word of God, they're going to do it in the river's flow. They're going to compel those to come in. Because there's coming an anno domini, a year of the Lord. And I believe that God is going to split time once again. Not maybe on man's calendars, but on your calendar. That yes, there was barrenness until 2021. That you remember time as maybe before the revival and after the revival. Things were like this before God moved, but when we allowed God to move in our lives, this is how things were after. It's a before Christ moment. So if you will, I'm going to ask all of our young people to come and just find yourselves a place to pray. And as they do that, I want the elders of this house to stand behind them and pray as they're kneeled at these altars. Because we need families baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not just mama and daddy. I'm thankful for, for, for spiritual mom and dad. His parents were good parents. But by the end of the story, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. God is moving in a mighty way in their house. And that's what I want for you. So as these young people come, I'm going to ask you young people across this room just to come. And find yourselves a place to pray. If you have a son or daughter up here, I want you to come and stand behind them. I want you to come and stand behind them. If you see someone that doesn't have their father or mother here, I want you to find them. Adults, I want you to come and pray with them. If you're a young person, you didn't want to come forward tonight, I, someone reach your hand over to them and pray for them. God wants to bring something about in their life. Things are not going to be the same. Things are not going to be the same. I refuse for things to be the same. God, your word has been spoken. I believe your word. We are going to experience a year of the Lord. We are going to experience a year of the Lord. We are going to experience revival. We are going to experience restoration, God. Oh, I know it's Wednesday. I know we're tired. But why, th why can't things change here? 
Why, why can't things change here? Let it begin in me, God. Let it begin in me, Jesus. Oh, lift up your voice tonight. Lift up your voice tonight, saints. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and power. Wash over them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're coming to them even now. Even now, God, even those that aren't here right now, Jesus, even those that aren't here right now, oh, Lord, that you're touching them right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just, uh, I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us, let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.